Good evening. Welcome to uh, Tuesday evening chapel. This is week nine. <clears throat> two more, two more. You, you still look better for, for having been here the whole term. Glad you're here. <laughs> you do. Uh, this evening, we're going to celebrate... We're going to celebrate the faith a little differently. Um, everyone needs to have one of those handouts because there's some reading that, you'll, uh, that we'll do in a little bit. Just want to make sure you have access to one of those. Uh, before we begin, let's, um, let's do our prayer together, shall we? Let's say it. Hear my Lord, purify me. One more time. Hear my Lord, purify me. Let's pray. In Jesus' name, amen. During the days of the early church, folks would lose their lives on a regular basis because they were Christians. And every week when the church gathered in the houses where they met or in the catacombs where they met or under a tree or wherever it was safe, uh, they would celebrate the life of the folks who had uh, lost their lives the previous week. It was part of their worship. The list got so long that it would have taken all of worship uh, in, order to, in order to remember all those folks. And so they set aside one day a year to honor the saints, honor the folks who by their witness, by the giving of their life, had said, Jesus means this much to me. That's November 1st. Now I know November, that was yesterday. This is as close as we could get. So what I want us to do for the next little while is celebrate our faith and honor the saints. And I've got some information for you along the way that will help us with that. First thing I want us to do is do this affirmation of faith together. So you'll need the paper. We're going to read the first section, and then I want us to sing um, a verse and chorus of the song Knowing You. We'll read the second section, sing another, sing another verse, read the third section, and then sing the last one. Okay? Everybody set? Okay. All right. Let's, let's pray together. Almighty God, we salute you as our creator, and we welcome Christ as our savior. When you sent Jesus into our flesh and blood world, he brought good news to the poor, fed thousands with five loaves and two fish, and put to laughter in our hearts torn with grief. When Jesus ascended again to your side, O God, you poured your spirit into the hearts of your people. These spirit-filled saints preached the good news fed your hungry children, and consoled those bent down with grief. Amen? Amen. 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 
want to talk to us a little bit about um, saints. A lot of ideas going around about what saints look like. This is Kandinsky's interpretation of All Saints Day. I thought you'd appreciate the graphic. <laughs> I, if you can help me with it, understand it, I'll, I'll appreciate it all the more. Lots of ideas about what saints are. I like the way one writer put it. He put it this way. Saints are sideline onlookers who have moved, who are moved to come down to where Jesus is, to where the needs are raw and the realities untidy. Say it again. Saints are sideline onlookers who are moved to come down with Jesus to where the needs are raw and the realities untidy. Listen to the rest of what he says. Saints are not always serene, dauntless, inexhaustible. The saintly remember that the kingdom belongs to the impoverished, the impoverished before God who hunger for his fullness and weep when his righteousness is spurned. The harsh kickback of reviling and defaming goes with the territory of being a saint. Saints are tough-skinned, and they can't be taken completely off guard. Saints are given a clarity about what passes for good, for the good life, but is phony to the core. Saints are given the backbone to warn both with woes as well as with blessings. Not to be missed, though, and much closer at hand are the saints of the rank and file of every day. See them teaching in classrooms, in public high schools, in our major cities. See them in hospital emergency rooms, serving with skill and compassion and embracing someone who has just lost a spouse of 60 years on an operating table. See them in retirement homes, speaking to the fragile ones who must sit, who are mute, and stare in that wheelchair line that goes up and down too many halls. See them in high school kids who tutor youngsters or spend their afternoons rehabbing slum houses. See them in auto repair shops where customers receive an honest job for an honest price. And praise be to God, see a saint in the face of a forgiven sinner who meets you in the mirror every morning. Saints are sideline onlookers who are moved to come down with Jesus to where the needs are raw and the reality is untidy. In this part of the service, I want us to remember the folks, friends, relatives, members of churches, people that you've known across the years, people that you've never met, who have encouraged your walk with Christ. Before we do that, I want us to hear from the Apostle Paul what saints living and dead look like. Randy Caswell is going to read from Ephesians chapter 1. Take the Bible next to you and turn to verse 11.
My hope is that these words that I'll read will bring glory to our Lord and to the saints that we lift up tonight. Verse 11. In Him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of Him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of His will, in order that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be for the praise of His glory. And you also were included in the Christ when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Having believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance into the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I have I keep asking that the Lord our that excuse me, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may not may you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his, in, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who feels everything in every way. Amen. Amen. So for this next little bit now, I want you to tell us the names and of some folks who are no longer living, but they were vital in your spiritual development they're part of the reason why you can't, you're part of the kingdom. I'm somebody who's encouraged you spiritually. So their name and your relationship to them. John W. Harold, retired reverend, who I used to visit at the nursing home. He's gone to be with the Lord. And one thing that really stands out to me, he said to me, he said, Ron, well, remember, it's the little things that you do in people's life that makes the biggest difference. Right, good, good. Go ahead, Kim. Absolutely. Good. Good. Clay? He spent many years in ministry and he always entered between passion and Christ's love. Hmm. And and how are you connected with him? All right. Okay. Randy? Leona Marling, a little old lady from our church who called my dad every Sunday to remind him to come to church. Mm, good. All right. 
Patrick? My mom, Luann Finnegan, uh, probably one of the strongest women of faith I've ever met. Good. Okay. My father, Calvin Schweitzer Sr., that led me to believe in the Lord and the love of the Lord. Yeah, good, Calvin, thank you. Okay, Jim? My mother-in-law, who's uh, passed away in 97, uh, nothing specific or particular thing, but she is always, you know, very strong in the Word, very, very good woman. Good. Especially for her. <laughs> good deal. All right, Mason? Dr. Johnny Knight, uh, I did not know him personally, we've met a couple of times. When I was going through one of the darkest hours of my life, wanting to know if God had really called me into ministry, I heard a tape of the, of the lessons that he gave in the 1990s or 1987 district assembly when he preached, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is free. And in that message, he asked that the Holy Spirit could come and purify you from every evil thing. And I was neck deep in pornography and every other vile thing that could be wrong. And I knelt down at my bedside and I asked God to sanctify me holy. And if it wasn't for that man's message in 1987, I would not be here today. Mm, good, 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 good. Yeah, John? Malcolm Lee, Christina Evans, my grandparents. Mm. I owe everything I am to them mm. today. Mm. Good. Yeah. Paul Martin was an evangelist that just he, he preached a lot of revivals and came to all of the youth camps and he rumbled and tumbled and played and showed us what it was like to be a Christian friend of Yeah, good, good, thank you. Jeannie? Uh, my dad, William Richard Patching, it, it would have been his 79th birthday on Saturday. And it's been 19 years, but I still miss him. Sure. And he was a gentle giant in the Lord. Hmm. He didn't have to say much. He just lived a peaceful life of reverence for God. Good. Thanks. Chaplain Moore, he was my spiritual grandfather. He took this troublemaker in the church and took me under his wing. And he was the first one to tell me of my call when I was 16. Hmm. Yeah, good, good. Okay, I want to remind us of who they were. So in the next slide, next two slides, there are some two passages from Hebrews. Let's read it together. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admitted that they were aliens and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country not their own. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly home. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Amen? Amen. Now for just a minute. Uh, the names of those saints uh, living that are making a difference in your spiritual life. Alfred Owens and Helen Owens, my stepdad, my stepmom, they've been there for me through thick and thin when I'm down and 
can't take another step. They're always there to say, hang in there. Good, 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 Randy, thanks. Yeah, Terry? My best girlfriend, Susan Jewell, um, she was four and I was five when we met. So we're coming up for the 50th anniversary of the friendship. <laughs> but where she was, where I was, if it wasn't for her, I would never know Christ today. Yes. And I praise God for her and her faithfulness. We read the Bible together. We went to church together. We did everything together. Mm, good, good, good. What? Dave McCullough. He lives in Indiana, and we call each other every once in a while, three times a week at least, 1,100 miles away. He still calls me and keeps me accountable, keeps me at the beat to the fire. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Shane? Good, thanks. Jim? Aside from present company, I got a name, too, that are most influential now because there's far too many names to name, but specifically Pastor David Tommy and First Southern Baptist Church. Good, good, thank you. Yes, sir. My pastor, John Paul, and everyone of my instructor, uh, semester, who not only struck me academically, but never let me forget that what we're learning has an overall purpose and message. Okay, good, right, good, good, good. Yeah. <clears throat> Andreas? Okay, good, thank you. And thanks, sis. Yeah. Robert? Uh, Michael Hanyak, uh, he's a leader in our church, and he's taking his time to mentor me. Mm. And he is the man that I want to be someday. Yeah, good, good. I want to remind us now of who they are. So the next slide. These are all commended for their faith, yet none of them has received what has been promised. God has planned something better for all of us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Thanks be to God. There is one other group that I want to remind us of just for a moment. Uh, they are our brothers and sisters in places around the world uh, who are suffering today for their faith. Uh, Persecution.org is a website that reports this on a regular basis. Let me just tell you some of the headlines from the last two days. You heard about the attack on the, Bag the church in Baghdad over the weekend? There were 52 who were killed. Everyone inside the church was either killed or wounded. Uh, 52 Christians because they were Christians. Uh, Youssef Nadarkhani is an Iranian pastor who is now facing execution charges in, in Iran. Um, in Uzbekistan, 20 Uzbek police officers raided a Baptist congregation, confiscated all the Christian literature, severely beat two believers. Five members were fined and taken to court for participating in unregistered worship activity. In yesterday's headline, one of them was that the Vietnamese government organizes a, is organizing a plan to eliminate Christianity. Good luck. <laughs> In China, Dr. Fan Yafeng was arrested and held by police for eight hours. Christian gatherings that took place in his office and his home will no longer be allowed. And then finally, 
Pakistani Christian by the name of Fayaz Masi was tortured by Muslims because he refused to participate in slavery. These are our brothers and sisters who continue to show us what it means to have faith in Christ. I want us to hear one other scripture reading before we go. It is found in the book of Revelation. I've asked Audrey Carter to read some selections from chapter 7. After I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree, then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God, and he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm the earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have a seal this, um, excuse me, until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads, and I have the number of the seal, 144,000, sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with the palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belong to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these, clothed in white robes? And from where have they come? And I said to him, Sir, you know? And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God, and shall serve him day and night in his temple, and he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them, nor any scorching heat, for the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will guide them to springs of living waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Amen. Amen. Take the the handout that you have and stand with me and I want us to pray this prayer of thanksgiving. Let's pray it together. We give you thanks, Almighty God, for the gift of the church and its people and its work, for the mothers and fathers of the faith and all the faithful of time past, for your holy prophets and apostles and all the martyrs and saints in every age and in every land, for all who serve you as servants and stewards of your divine mysteries, and those who have taught us your story and shown us your ways. We thank you, O Lord. You have made us one with your saints in heaven and earth, 
grant that in our pilgrimage we may always be supported by this fellowship of love and prayer and know ourselves to be surrounded by their witness to your power and mercy. Hear us, O Lord. We offer prayers for the Church Universal and all who seek the truth for the holy communities of which we are a part. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. For all overseers, ministers, teachers, and caregivers, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. For the companions to whom we have promised our faithfulness and prayers, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Accept the prayers of your people, we pray, and in your mercy, look with compassion on all who turn to you for help. Grant that we may find you and be found by you, that our divisions may cease, that we may be united in your truth and walk together in love to bear witness to your glory in the world. Amen. Amen. The last song we were going to sing says, Oh, may all who come behind us find us faithful. May it be so. Go in his peace. <laughs>